Blog Talk Radio. Yeah. Awesome. 
You know, I always said so, that brother would play on Sunday, that being uh, Tariq Cohen, but uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that for sure, man. That's great news. And yes. I hate to go from great news to bad news, i.e. the dumpster fire, but let's get the terrible <laughs> out of the way, shall we? My beloved New York Knicks. <laughs> Dude, it is so hard for you to be a Knicks fan. I know I told you that like a thousand times personally on various occasions, but we've reached an epic low. I mean, from this losing streak we had before we fought, before we looked out and win somehow against San Antonio this past Sunday, and yeah. for James Dolan, pulling the James Dolan and just treating our icon, our beloved icon, Charles Oakley, the way he did. I don't have to rehash what happened because it gets me mad every time I think about it. But there's a long line of Knicks that Dolan has alienated from Oakley to uh, Patrick Ewing and various mm-hmm. others. So, I mean, I know that there's no winners in this Oakley Dolan debacle. I mean, Oakley admitted that he done some things wrong. Maybe Dolan would try kind of admit one these days, admit that think that uh, what he did was wrong, his role, and it was wrong. As well as you know, they, but thankfully, even though I hated him, Michael Jordan and Commissioner Mike Silver broke the truth between the two, and now Oakley's not banned for the guard. And meanwhile, Oakley's saying, "Bleep that." I'm not coming back until I get an apology from that idiot. So, I mean, I hate to ask this question, but but who's more wrong? <laughs> Is it Dolan or Oakley, in your opinion? In my opinion, it's Dolan. And the reason why I go Dolan is, is because of this. Now, I had to go ahead and rewatch the video multiple times, multiple angles, uh, fan versions of the fight and everything. Mind you, I guess everybody knows what happened. Uh, Charles Oakland shows up to the game, paying us all the way. He's sitting uh, four rows behind uh, Dolan. Right. Now, some people said originally that, that Oakley said something. Oakley and the fans that are sitting around him uh, protesting and say that, no, actually he, he said absolutely nothing. And then that's when the goon squad comes out. And, 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 you know, it starts talking to Oakley saying that we have to remove him. But that's where Charles gets a little shaky. I understand he doesn't want to get his hands, he doesn't want anybody to put their hands on him. But, dude, you right. can't react like that either. You know, this is a situation oh, where you, you know all eyes are on you. It's a national televised basketball game. Regardless of if you're right or wrong, you're going to look bad by putting your hands on the security who weren't being necessarily physical with you. And his response was that, okay, if I'm supposed to be removed from the game, I'm going to need NYPD to come in here and tell me that, that I have to be removed from the game. I, I understand you don't want I don't know if he necessarily didn't want to make it seem, but that's exactly what he did. But for James, you know, for, for, for uh, Jimmy Nolan to go ahead, remove the dude for doing absolutely nothing, and then coming out, and, and making a statement saying that Charles Oakley needs help with alcoholism and he's had a problem for a very long time. I hated that. I did not hate that at all. That's so low, especially given that Dolan struggled with addiction himself. That's just totally exactly. wrong. Exactly. Like that. He should know better than that. He should know better than that. But let me, but, uh, let me tell you this, man. There's a scathing commentary by uh, Adrian Wojnarowski on Yahoo okay. Sports. You should take a good read about it. And the listeners, too, should as well. He basically is scoring the hell out of James Dolan, calling him the, the spoiled billionaire that he is. He, he was born exactly. into his fortune. 
even though it's nothing wrong being born into anybody's fortune, except that he didn't have to work his way, and he just he's pretty much acting like a spoiled brat. The way he's run yeah. the organization since, since it was passed along to him, down from his dad. I mean, he owns the Knicks and Madison Square Garden both. So he's like, no one can tell me what to do. I'm going to do whatever the bleep I want, and it's leading to, I mean, just look at what happened since the late night to my beloved Knicks in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's been a crap storm ever since, and this goes back to this dude throwing. I mean, it's too bad that we can't fire fans, can't fire the owner, even though there's <laughs> precedent. I mean, Silver once took a team away from a guy for what he said in his kitchen. I yeah. mean, Donald Sterling from the you know, separated him from the, from the Clippers. So stuff could still happen technically, but I, it's just unlikely. But I mean, it, I mean, I could say that everything starts from the top with Dolan, but I mean, lots of people are so complicit in this alien, in this leading this Knicks to deeper to incompetency, if you will. I mean, Phil Jackson, Alien, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, first of all, let's yeah. start there. Phil Jackson was his, his ass was brought in to lure free agents with his lore. You know, with his basketball acumen and his past reputation, he's doing exactly. Nice. He's horrible as an executive. He's doing a job they really doesn't want to do. If he wanted to coach, he'd rather coach at home games. He once said, <laughs> "I mean, but what world is that? Is, does that work in? I mean, why would you alienate a player who you want desperately and obviously want to trade? I mean, why? What is?" Why, is, why are we so incompetent as an organization? I mean, you know I, what? It's me out here, man. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at a loss here. It's these. I mean, the only thing I can come up with in terms of an answer is these Zen mind tricks that that Phil Jackson likes to play, and I guess this is his way of dealing with Carmelo Anthony and, and trying to get him out of here. Now, uh, God and, and God knows I don't like necessarily using him as a source, but it, what he said makes sense. And this is coming from Michael Rappaport. He says, basically, okay. get uh, uh, Phil Jackson, who, who played with the Knicks during the 70s, played with the, the likes of Willis Reed, played with the likes, well, played against the likes of, of Dave Cohen, uh, uh, Elvin Hayes. So he knows, this is outside of him coaching Jordan, Pippen, Shaq, Kobe, outside of all of that. He's gone up against some of the best to ever play. So he knows what good quality basketball players look like. And if he feels as though that someone's not playing up to their ability, I guess you need to let him know, especially being a, a general manager. But the way in which Phil is doing it is the worst. And it's not working, and it's not going to work against Carmelo. And, and sadly, because of whatever's been going on, well, the, the relationship between Carmelo and the Knicks is so, so downtrodden, no one's willing to give any assets to get Carmelo. They're just going to go ahead and right. wait for the Knicks to potentially cut him if that's the case. And so you can go ahead and pick him up that way. Why would you give up an asset if you believe that this dude is going to potentially be a free agent anyway? And that's the thing. Uh, I, I mean, I'll say this. I mean, if I were, if I were the, the Knicks, if, if someone were to offer me Carmelo for an injury, Kevin Love straight up, I would do it in a heartbeat. I mean, mainly mm. because it's how friendly, how contract friendly uh, Kevin Love's contract is, and you yeah. know they'll get the draft picks and everything else that goes along with it. Um, 
But still, given Phil's treatment of Carmelo Anthony, why would Stars want to go and play there? I know it's a big stage, Brad's court guard, but why in the hell, if, if, if Carmelo's being treated like garbage by Phil Jackson, why the hell would anybody go there? I mean, you have to think that uh, um, uh, Porzingis, like Porzingis is looking at it and thinking, well, shoot, if they were doing this to Carmelo, what 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 made Phil do to me in a few years? You know what I mean? To exactly. Me and whatnot. And, and so, that's, that was my thought process, that Porzingis is basically a, a ticking clock, an expiring clock, looking to potentially get out of there unless something changes within the next couple of years. But even still, even if there are changes, there has to be wholesale changes and, and, and wholesale changes that, that benefit the Knicks that would make me want to say, if I am JP, and, and, and you're right. Well, yeah. free angel would want to come there if you're treating a star this way. Not just that. If you're treating the star this way and you're treating one of your greats the way that they treated uh, Charles Oakley. And this is even outside yeah. of the beef that, that Dolan have had with other uh, Nick greats. And this is a situation where, where Charles Oakley was saying whenever he went to the garden, no one wanted to know when, if and when he was in the building. So this was yeah. even beyond just Wednesday. So this is this has been a long going situation that's been been, been long suffering. And the bad thing is this. Well, I guess it's kind of positive for me because of course a lot of the people who I know who are Knicks fans are also Giants fans. So it kind of pleases sure. me to see that fan base go through this sadly, because for once it's not the Redskins that's the dust of fire here. And, and when you have a situation. <laughs> Where's the GM? Where's the owner and the star player? All of them boiled in, in this huge situation. Matter of fact, the Knicks, it was just released today by Forbes, the Knicks is the number one uh, earning NBA team at $3 billion this past year. For them to still yeah. earn this kind of money and, and it still be this huge dumpster fire is, is, is entertaining to me, but not amazing because, of course, the skin at one point was, was the number one in terms of uh, earned revenue in the NFL as well. Um, but yeah, like, 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 we, like we were saying, I don't see this situation getting any better for the New York Knicks. I really don't. And I, no. I, I as much as I revel in this, I, I hurt for Knicks fans because I know what it's like, and I don't see the situation getting any better for them. Uh, unless, because, of course, you can't get rid of Nolan, and it starts at the top. Let's get it. Don't get yeah. it mis, mis, uh, messed up. It starts at the top. It starts with Dolan and his inept ability to deal with people, and it also bleeds down to Phil and Jackson. Now you can fire Phil Jackson, but you still Nolan's still going to be there. So regardless of who you replace him with, the the the, the, the dying fish is still rotten from the head. So right, uh, it's a common denominator. I've, We've been Knicks fans. We've been saying that for so long, for the past over fifteen years, yeah. and it just it just baffles me. It just, I mean, it's unfreaking believable. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, at least what Phil got right was Jackson and Porzingis. Even though I had to eat a lot of crow on that one, I don't mind saying that. Still on my It's just it's just insane how a proud franchise has been so bad for so long. I mean, the NBA yeah. is great yeah. when New York, Boston, the Lakers are good again. Are great. Yeah. That's, that's when the NBA is at its best. And maybe the Sixers too. That's when the NBA is at its best. 
But it's 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 the more I talk about it, the more I get mad. So let's move on. Let's go from the bad to the great. And by great, I mean dominant. And that's the UConn women's basketball program. I mean, they won. I mean, you know the story. They won a 100-straight game last the, uh, the other night when they beat South Carolina. Sorry to my man Pete Taylor, uh, uh, to our guy Pete Taylor, um, for taking that L for his beloved Gamecocks. Uh, but if you look at the record over the last three seasons, man, they have been a whopping to this point, 116-1. and one. I mean, it's like these. I mean, I mean, not just count this season, yeah, but the last three seasons, they've been 116-1. and one. They lost only one time over the last three years, and they won 11 championships, including four, the six of the last eight, as well as the last four. And the funny thing was that this was supposed to be a rebuilding year for UConn. This was supposed to be like a quote-unquote down year. And they're still – just, they're still kicking ass, taking names. So let me ask you this, man. First of all, how how great is this dominance? How great is this dynasty in women's college basketball? And you know, let let, let me just hear you wax poetic for a minute because I'm not giving it enough justice, and I know that you would. I guess the Wayne dropped off. I think he's back on. So Dwayne, sorry about that, man. You with us? Uh, the uh, the Wayne is ah uh, brother. Oh, okay. We'll just we'll try to get to, to get him back on. But basically, um, you know, the thing is is that you know the UConn women's basketball program is so great. And I wrote a column about today uh, online. You know, just wax break over him. And I've known that people have said in the past that they are not good for basketball, women's college basketball. And I told I tend to disagree with that. And it's just that I mean. Coach Gino R.M. has been doing a hell of a job the past 30-plus years. I mean, he's recruited well. He's, and more importantly, he has been developing times well. For, you know, I mean, the rest of the if the rest of college basketball follow his lead and actually develop their, take the time to develop their players and recruit well, then they wouldn't have anything to complain about. I mean, the whole thing is, is that, you know, they've, they've allowed UConn to lap the field and, you know, and I know that there have been some challenges up in the past, like Notre Dame, Baylor, Maryland, and recently South Carolina. But despite all of that, in, you know, despite the fact that I think Baylor won it like five or six years ago, beat it. I'm just going off with the top of my head here. I mean, the whole thing is, is that uh, the one you back on? Some, I think yes, the Yes, I'm here. Oh, yes. hey, hey. Well, I don't know what happened, and I'm, I apologize about that. But y'all was just listening to you. I think it was three years ago uh, with okay. uh, with Brittany Griner when when Baylor went undefeated to win the title. Gotcha, gotcha. So basically, I was just correct over him just now. So I mean, just in your own words, just tell me just how great, just how great women, the women, the UConn has been uh, 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 in terms of dominance in women's college basketball the past four seasons. Um, wow, you talk about a 108 winning streak. Uh, regardless of what sport it is, you will match yeah. that many wins consecutively. It is a fantastic job. Now, when you compare right. it to what what goes on in that accomplishment with some of the accomplishments from other sports, that's when yeah. personally I start to waver a little bit 
in terms of how do you compare winning 100 games in, in, in women's basketball in, in comparison to some of the other sports, unfortunately in comparing it to men's sports. Now, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, I read an article in USA Today uh, where a, 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 a writer said, you know, this is going to be dismissed as it's just women's basketball. I'm not doing that. But what I am doing is my WDP test. And for those of, uh, for those of you out there who listen to me or CZ Sports, you all know that WDP stands for who they play. Now, mind yeah. you, they have played 23 top 25 teams since 2015, mm-hmm. with about 12 of them being top 10. And they've beaten them all with the exception of that one game that they lost to, I think it was Stanford, which was their last loss. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, you take that loss, which was a two-point loss in overtime, mind you. You take that loss away, they still have won, what, 148 games consecutively, which is even more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But even with them playing all those top one top teams, you know, I, I'm, I'm still like, uh, even though they're the best, I don't know if they're still necessarily on Connecticut's level. If you sure. get my drift, you know, gotcha. they're great teams, but I don't, I still don't see them as being as great as that UConn team. Even this year, with all the top, the, the, the top, the four top ten teams that they played this year, they've beaten them by nine points per game. So it, it takes, mm. it's going to have to take a lot for them to lose to a top-tier team. And, you know, and even in that situation, I'm thinking it's going to be a close loss. I don't see them ever being blown out in a situation against another top right. team. So as as good as the rest of the conference, and you're right, like uh, uh, South Carolina, which is led by uh, Coach Don Staley, uh, Baylor, who was, who's brought it on uh, in, in recent years, uh, Notre Dame, Duke, with all of these teams being as good as they are, I don't ever see them, but I shouldn't say ever, I don't see them getting the UConn's level anytime soon. And to make it even worse, from my understanding, they don't have any All-Americans on this team. This is supposed to have been a rebuilding team. And they've exactly. gone on to win 25 straight. <laughs> yeah. That's the funny so, thing. And no one... God, no one expected them to be like this and the what was a quote unquote um rebuilding it but but continue. Yeah. I mean no, that's what I was gonna say, you know, with this being a rebuilding team, I don't see anybody stopping this team anytime soon. No. Because they are young. Because most of them are freshmen and sophomores, I think. And yeah. you know and being that South Carolina, I think it's peaking right now. And, you know, and they they were able to beat them down. I mean, they they beat them with a young mm-hmm. squad, with a much younger squad. I mean, Gio Ariam, mean, he's he's just a man. He he is the absolute man. I mean, in yeah. order to keep pulling this off every year after year after year against all the odds, it's just amazing to me. It's totally totally amazing. To me. I mean, much respect to you, you know. And again, I I love watching Dallas. I love seeing someone just dominating the hell out of everybody else. I mean, I'm not a hater, so. I mean, the thing is that I, I – hey, shoot. Don't hate the player, hate the game. 
And if everybody else keeps bitching about their success of, of the Huskies, why don't you recruit better? Why don't you play better? Exactly. You know, and why don't you like, develop your players better? I mean, it's but not like Oriama has to stick with sauce. I mean, they just got to step it up. And that's exactly what has to be done. But that's the other thing, too. When you look at women's uh, college basketball, you have UConn, yeah. then you have that tier of teams, like I just said, like I just named, with the Notre Dames, the Baylors, the the uh, 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 the South Carolinas. Occasionally, you have a Duke get up there. Uh, Stanford will right. get up there occasionally. Then you have that second tier of teams that are, that are normally ranked somewhere between – 20, uh, 10 and 20. Then you got those teams that are ranked from 21 to about 25. And then you got, you know, uh, I guess a, a, a huge group. And then you got the, the bottom feeders from there. If you look at the, 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 the records of the teams that have played in the tournament in terms of being seated one, two, and three, ever since the tournament has started, it's like a 90% win percentage. If you were a top three seed, it's like four hundred and 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 sixty eight to to like fifty. Ever since the tournament started in nineteen eighty two, so if you're a top tier team, it's going to be hard for you to be beaten, no matter who you are. It just happens to be UConn's turn right now, and, and the reason why, like I said, it, it's, it's kind of hard to gauge it because regardless of how good a team is in a male sport say like a Golden State Warriors last year in the NBA. Alabama, as great as everybody thought that they were going into uh, the championship game, including myself, this past football season. Um, these teams Dwayne. Dwayne, you're there, bro. I just not missed the beat. He was on the road, too. Uh, <laughs> Had to happen. Um, yeah, oh, oh, Dwayne, you're back. Dwayne, good. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, God, okay, did you just my whole, my whole statement just there? I heard part of it. I didn't hear your whole oh. profound statement. I know you pick up profoundness there. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, basically what my whole thing is this, uh, and I, I kind of uh, touched on it a little bit earlier, was that, you know, it's, it's basically tiers to this. You have your top tier, and right now that team that's in the, the, the ultimate top tier is UConn when it comes to women's college basketball. Then you have that second sure. tier where you have teams that are normally ranked within the top 10. Then you got teams that are ranked 11 through 20. Then you got teams that are ranked uh, 21 down. And then you got the super bottom feeders. And the reason why I say this whole who they play, when you talk about women's basketball, the top tier is normally the one that always win it. When you go back in the history of the women's basketball tournament, the winning percentage of the top three teams is 90%. So if you're a top three seed or higher within women's uh, college basketball, you're going to move on, at least in the first two rounds. And right. that's why I'm like, whenever there's a surprise, it's very it's only happened once where a 16, team, 16 seed has beaten the number one seed in women's basketball, actually in any college basketball tournament. But mm-hmm. you, you start talking about men's sport, like Kentucky a couple of years ago who had that, that huge run, they were beaten. Uh, Alabama football, as great as they were this past season, and everyone thought that they wouldn't be beaten. They were beaten by Clemson. Uh, so, at least in men's sport, there's a chance. 
I don't see a chance right now with with with, uh, with UConn. I just don't. No, no, nine times two. Again, this year, young. This is a young squad. Yes. Let me repeat that for people who missed that the first time. This is a young squad, and they're doing it the way they're doing it right now. Ain't nobody beating. I know that's bad grammar, but ain't nobody beating Utah. Not this year. Probably no. not next. They're going to take a special talent to do it. Exactly, or just bad luck. So I just don't see it. But again, I love Dominic. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. I'm not complaining, and not if you're anyone else too. So that's just how it is. But anyway, hey man, thank you for uh, joining me, man. And um, and uh, at least we ended a uh, bad podcast with a, a, like, a like with a good side. You know what I'm saying? Like the bad being the Knicks, the good being UConn women's basketball. Exactly. I will say this. I will hold that statement against you when you talk about you like dominance when it comes to the NBA Finals and 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 Golden State. Uh, Oh. Anyway, (laughs) fighting words. We'll talk about that next week. That's fighting words. But take care, brother. I'll holler at you online. You do the same, bro. I'll holler at you. You got it, man. Will do. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on Sleeves Radio every Tuesday night on Blog Talk Radio as well as uh, uh, um, the Yards as HBCU Sports, of all things HBCU Sports. This is a, thank you all for joining me. This is Scott Burns, the Clown Alex, signing off. Old six and good night. <laughs>